0: Tony, so, there is one site oh, which is too dark. So far, I'm working on another. I did um, I'm an excuse a me. documentary on Indian uh, India. There, there is one work. site which is, oh. oh. is too dark. Uh, uh, March 31st oh. at midnight. I think the one from Halifax oh, so late. Yeah. Yeah. It was on last. Two voice
1: levels from.
0: i two more showings, and that'll be the end of it. But so i so from on, Halifax on, is too dark on our yeah, choir. Can, can you talk the with the tech the about that? It's getting bigger and bigger. The more I look into it, like. Where do I start Just pulling yeah. in? so Let's see. Uh, much better now. Is a more light than
1: Halifax will be better. More light, yes. Yeah, it's com- it looks it looks good now. Now I can see Tony. Oh. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the first uh, row there. I cannot see Alexa. And I'm not sure where she is.
2: Well, I'm She's sort of over. I'm over Tony's left shoulder, but I don't know if he'd appreciate that description.
1: <laughs> um, now, can we flip over just to, so they can see the room, so they can see you? Can we flip? Yeah, so so let's uh, pull back, pan it, sh- show them what, what our setup looks like here, our room. Uh, this is uh, one of the tech guys at the UofL. I just want to remind everyone at the remote sites that uh, and it's when, you're speaking, yeah, uh, when you're not speaking. Yeah, Trevor Gorda, my apologies. When you're not speaking and when another site is uh, conversing, if you'll mute your mics so that we don't pick up the ruffling of papers and and uh, clearing of throats and so forth, that will produce much better audio for the conference. I think that's
2: what over there. Mute it from here or mute it okay. from there. So we should pass this back and forth. Is that right? No, I don't know what
0: yeah. that, that is. It. Yeah.
1: What is the, I don't think it
2: is this because this doesn't seem to do
1: anything.
2: Hi.
1: That's so better. We'll See now we can a, uh, uh, we hear silence, chat, which is is actually preferential from the chat uh, until room. the time you yeah, want to speak, and that, at which point you unmute your Ross mics and then uh, give the floor to about, that speaker. Yeah. Thank you. Being here, so. Should I um, get into the chat here? Or? Well, maybe we don't have enough uh, laptops. We don't. Maybe you can work with uh, Melanie. Can you help with uh, James and work with the chat? Do you mind if I? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. What is it? It's too late. i am just got a lot to think about right now. just talking with uh, James Moore. We're starting to get uh, 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 organized on our chat room. So as the class is unfolding, as the class is developing, uh, people who are tuning in anywhere in the world may be interested to join uh, in the chat. And I think it important if we can get a report on what is being chatted about as the class unfolds. And so I'm hoping James Moore can monitor the chat and give us a feel for what's what's happening. Um Yeah. So this can th- this is being broadcast. Just just I had a friend. Yeah. Is Okay. Way, Nicole, ni Wait, Frank! Yeah. It's it's quite the story. Yeah. Yeah. What? Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It says, well, anyway. It's right now our. (laughs) OK, it's uh, slightly after 6 o'clock. It's Friday. It's Wednesday, February the 8th. And this is uh, Globalization Since 1492. I'm uh, Anthony Hall. I'm the professor of a course here at the University of Lethbridge. Uh, the University of Lethbridge has a course called Globalization Since 1492. and. Uh, Tonight we're introducing, we're bringing in three sites. Of course, we, we connect every week with uh, Pincher Creek, and uh, also there uh, before us is uh, Halifax at Saint Mary's University, where Dr. Wilma Vanderveen has uh, helped us very much in, in in putting together a group and has come up with a, a concept. We've we've collaborated on this concept. If we can go to the document camera, uh, tonight's um, tonight's uh, lecture or tonight's class seminar, Canada and the global community after the election. So that's going to be our focus. And I can't see, I don't, have, I, I don't have any visual. I don't see the plasma. I need to see the plasma uh, cameras in front of, in front of me here. So. so we're still working out uh, little kinks. I, I need to, see, to have visual contact with what's going on in front of me because, of course, I'm facing an opposite way than the class. So, so we've got that. So for the first half of the class, while we're connected to Halifax, it's just after 9 o'clock in Halifax. We're covering three time zones, three provinces uh, tonight. And so uh, they're going to be packing up at 10.30 their time to leave. So for the first half of the class, we're going to um, focus on this topic, Canada and the global community after the election. And in the second half of the class, uh, we'll focus particularly on uh, discussion with Dr. Mohammed El-Masri. Dr. Al-Masri for 12 years, I believe, has been president of the Canadian Islamic Congress. I was uh, reading the Globe and Mail this morning and uh, came across a long and uh, significant quote from uh, Dr. Al-Masri about uh, uh, what's going on with the cartoon affair, if we could call it that, in uh, starting in Denmark, Denmark and spreading around the world now. So no doubt that subject will come up. Uh, I would also like to... Uh, uh, indicate that uh, there's some history to this. Part of the history to this is that uh, a group of primarily young people, students, graduate students, uh, professors, have taken it upon ourselves to talk about and try to put into action a new Canadian university, however that might be conceived and done. And so tonight's uh, event is connected to that in that that's how I met uh, Wilma Van Der Veen, Dr. Van Der Veen, uh, who is uh, giving a course now at St. Mary's University and uh, has invited uh, the people that you see, most of the people that you see in front of you. Uh, We've also been working, some of us, uh, on this project, which I would call the Axis of Enlightenment, for a couple of years now. And I want to uh, identify particularly uh, the veterans in this process. Uh, and uh, there uh, in the middle of the shot from Halifax, you see April Maloney. Uh, wave there, April Maloney. Uh, identify yourself. April showed the film she made about uh, what's been going on on the, on the East Coast with respect to Aboriginal fisheries. You know, there was a lot of controversy. After the Marshall decision, there was uh, some vigilanteism. There was some uh, confrontations over the the right to fish on the west coast, on the east coast, uh, in the maritime provinces. April uh, has been with us. And uh, uh, Tony Seed, who is in the foreground there, uh, this is his third time, as it is with uh, Dr. El Masri, to participate in the Axis of Enlightenment. And uh, I met uh, Tony on the phone. We've collaborated. We've uh, worked on publishing projects together. But uh, a, a big breakthrough was the symposium that Tony Seed organized in Halifax, the uh, Halifax Symposium on Disinformation in the Media. And that's where I met uh, Mohammed Al Masri, Dr. Al Masri. And uh, Tony has done, we've done a, a show from a class connecting to his magazine, Shun Piking, which is uh, well respected and distributed throughout uh, Nova Scotia. And uh, Tony did a quite extraordinary uh, pre- presentation, a textual analysis of George Bush's speech. We had George Bush's visit to Ottawa covered. Uh, he, he went from Ottawa to Halifax. Uh, his visit to Halifax, I think, was quite significant because Halifax is, is a naval base. It's, it's a military center. It's one of the most important military centers in the continent. And Tony uh, ran in the recent election. He ran a campaign based on giving no harbor to war. He ran for the Communist Party of Canada. I'm proud to also say that one of his opponents, who actually won the election, in the Halifax riding, Alexa McDonough is sitting off to his uh, uh, right, from my point of view. And uh, Alexa McDonough, of course, is a is a pillar of uh, uh, Canadian socialism, social democracy in Canada. Led the NDP party, uh, is uh, certainly now playing a role uh, as a. A senior stateswoman, uh, I think I, uh, it's fair to say uh, the, the NDP have a very uh, interesting challenge ahead to see to what extent they might work with the government of uh, Stephen Harper. Uh, it's going to be quite, quite, a, quite a challenge. And so we, we will be discussing things uh, with people here tonight who are, are actually uh, in positions to um, make a lot of uh, influence and impact. And I hope uh, it'll be a good interactive discussion. Uh, there's uh, Dr. Uh, Vanderveen. Can you? We can see you there, Wilma. And once again, thank you so much for bringing this uh, this uh, gathering together. Um, I thought I would ask uh, Tony Seed, given uh, his uh, experience with this initiative, to perhaps uh, lead us off with a few comments about uh, this uh, subject tonight. And uh, and then, uh, Wilma, you have a, a sense of uh, how, the, how the room is. Uh, uh, I don't know everybody in the room. Uh, I'm certainly looking forward to hearing um, uh, Alexa McDonough's uh, uh, observations and uh, see how uh, Mohammed, um, Dr. Al-Masri, will, will respond. So Tony, can you uh, lead us off for uh, perhaps 10 or 15 minutes? No sound. No sound from Halifax. No sound from Halifax.
3: Okay. Thank you, Tony. I actually ran for the Marxist-Leninist party.
1: Tony? Uh, Tony, can you yeah. hear me? Why don't you just move your chair so you're, can you see yourself like so you're well framed? You're off on, on a corner there. Move, move to your left. Move the other way. Yeah. Okay.
3: Yeah. Is this is what Chomsky calls framing. <laughs> uh, the topic tonight is uh, Canada in the global community after the election. I would. Uh, like to say a lot, um, but hopefully I can say what I I want to say within the the 10 or 15 minutes. Um, The elections that finished on uh, January 23rd uh, did so in a very inconclusive manner. Uh, You have a new government uh, based on the first passed the post-parliamentary system of party government, uh, brought into power, that is, a Conservative government led by Stephen Harper. According to the uh, election's results, uh, the Harper gover- government received 30 per- approximately 37% of the vote of those who actually cast a vote. The participation in the election was, again, very low. Uh, I think it was 63%. In Nova Scotia, it was low. In Newfoundland, it was somewhat higher, like 71%. Uh, Thus, you can say that of the total electorate, Harper received 23% of the vote. And in no way can Harper then claim to have a mandate from the Canadian people to carry out his program. Mandate is uh, a word that's derived from its Latin root, mandera, it means to command. There's by no reasonable interpretation that either the Conservative government, Mr. Harper, uh, or anyone else say that they have a mandate or that the issue is to uh, uh, keep the Parliament working in order to uh, uh, avert the the next election. The average uh, period for a minority government in Canada is estimated to be 18 months. So in other words, there will be another election approximately in 18 months, give or take six months or or whatever. The election, in my view, was driven by two main considerations. One is the attempt by the economic elite of Canada to restore an equilibrium of two main parties, that is, a so-called natural governing party and a so-called national opposition party. That is the situation you basically had in play during the uh, 1980s up till 1993 when the conservatives were wiped out and the Bloc Quebecois arrived in Ottawa as the official majority. Uh, In this period of almost 15 years, you've had uh, a concept promoted of a third way. Uh, This concept is uh, internationally most associated with uh, Tony Blair of Britain. That is, that there's another option between the two governing parties, the Conservative Party and the Liberal Party, in any of the Anglo-American democracies. So the attempt has been coming out of the last minority government to restore an equilibrium of these two parties, or these two parties, one of which in alliance with another one, for example, the Liberals and the NDP. and uh, bring about a situation of stability. If you remember, it was The Economist magazine that coined the term uh, about Prime Minister Martin, that he was a ditherer. This term, which became popular in Canada, was actually coined by the British Economist magazine, which refers to somebody who's a vacillator, somebody who's indecisive, and so forth. So essentially they wanted to have a stable situation in Canada, and towards this end, all the different parties, what I call bourgeois parties, uh, campaigned extremely hard, fought very hard, spent an extraordinary amount of money uh, to try and achieve that aim. Of course, in the end, a minority government was established. But basically, if you read the press uh, in the first week after the elections, the the major newspapers were quite satisfied with the results. The second objective uh, is accommodation with the agenda coming out of the United States and in this I uh, talk about the politics of annexation which are followed by both the Conservative Party and the uh, Liberal Party, and to some extent conciliated with by the NDP, and Alexa probably will speak to that later. Um, and I'll come back to that. So basically, in my view, you have the Conservative Party has been installed to carry out the agenda that the Liberal Party could not carry out. Uh, it was very clear at the beginning of the elections that Martin was not able to distance himself from the sponsorship scandal. And because of that, he was not going to be able to uh, uh, come back into power. During the course of the elections, there were a number of very interesting developments of, uh, uh, if you like, a dangerous nature. Uh, Especially was the RCMP investigation of uh, Goodall uh that is you have the interference in the election or intrusion in the election by an actual arm of the state uh, and to that extent it's of a far more corrupt nature than say the entire uh, sponsorship scandal this question was not dealt with in any serious manner in the, in the media and it also suggests that there are other forces at work, including from, from, from the United States. Uh, in the RAR scandal, it has come out how the Americans worked through the security forces in Canada to carry out different uh, objectives, that is CSIS and the RCMP. So the <laughs> issue is to get rid of Martin, bring in the fresh face, and uh, carry out uh, the same old agenda, the agenda of annexation, the agenda of making Canada competitive in the international marketplace. And I'll come back to that point. Within one day of the swearing-in of the Harper government, Uh, The whole rosy picture, which has been created about a new, clean, fresh face, has collapsed. Um, You now have Vancouver in an uproar because of the appointment of this uh, Emerson to the cabinet. And (coughs) you have British Columbia saying, we have been dealt with in the same way as Quebec was dealt with. Then you have the appointment of a party hack from the Senate uh, to the Cabinet to represent the city, allegedly to represent the city of Montreal. So all the uh, ethics that the Conservative Party has espoused were thrown in the dust on the very first day of the Harper uh, Harper government. Uh, So we have to look at... uh, we have to be very sober when we read the media about this, because if you read the Globe and Mail, National Post, we have a very experienced uh, team that Harper has uh, uh, has installed. Uh, they are even socially conservative. The finance minister, uh, Flaherty, is uh, a very trusted and experienced. Uh, um, will be a very experienced and trusted finance minister because his experience is, is that. All right? Flaherty is a car salesman. That is his profession. And as uh, finance minister in the Harris government, he helped bring the Harris government down quickly. Uh, you have the Minister of International Resources is a public relations person. And so on. Uh, in our own province, we have Peter McKay, Appointed to uh, the position of foreign affairs, Minister Peter McKay is uh, basically an American warmonger who campaigned uh, in 2003 for Canada to uh, join the Coalition of the Willing in the occupation and invasion of Iraq. Uh, He has no experience in foreign affairs apart from that credential. Harper, since he's been elected, has dealt with uh, two questions in terms of foreign affairs. And they're both very significant. One is the elections in Haiti, and the second are the elections in Palestine. And I'd like to uh, look at those briefly to see uh, the agenda. The the, the
1: 10 or 15 minutes is, uh, is We're getting near the end of that, Tony. Do you want to save that, or or do you want to deal with it in three or four minutes, or or
3: how should we do this? Uh, give Give me three, four minutes. Okay. Okay. Harper, in terms of Haiti, said the following, and this is extremely important. Canada may not be a superpower. But we stand for higher values to which all peoples aspire. And it is important that our actions as Canadians promote those those values in all corners of the world. Canada stands for higher values to which all peoples aspire. So here's the notion of Canada as civilized nation and other all peoples as uncivilized. The whole central theme of the Eurocentric approach, uh, which is essential to what is called the clash of civilizations, and so on and so forth. And it is on this basis of promoting these values, Harper says, that uh, we are going to be involved in Haiti, Latin America, and around the world. So basically what you have is a commitment by Harper to carry on the agenda of the Martin liberals. That is to impose those values and that democratic system, which is suitable for Anglo-American imperialism and for Canadian monopolies throughout the world. Uh, Hence, you have the response to uh, the elections in Palestine, in which 77.6% of the people participated, in which uh, Hamas, the Islamic Brotherhood, uh, won the vast majority of uh, seats. That is, uh, no longer is it a question that it was a democratic election, but of the ideas and values of the political party, that is Hamas. And we can also see that in the whole controversy uh, around the question of the Mohammed cartoons, um, in which Canada also is participating in the sense of the media. That is. People are being stigmatized on the basis of their values, on the basis of their views, on the basis of their belief system. And in that, they are characterized as being terrorist, as being medieval, as being fanatical. And these views and uh, um, beliefs and thought material are being criminalized. So you have Canada interfering in the internal affairs of other peoples and other nations, whether it is Haiti, whether it is uh, uh, not militarily so much, uh, but Canada also was involved in the Palestine elections, and especially now in Afghanistan, to ensure (coughs) that these people respect and uphold what what Harper and before him Martin called Canadian values. Uh, I think I'll leave it there. Um, I'd like to speak about the geopolitical role of Canada, uh, but my time is up.
1: Thank you so much, Tony. Um, Are there questions in uh, Lethbridge here, or uh, in Pincher Creek, or in uh, Halifax? Any observations or questions? Wilma, why don't you uh, trade seats with Tony? Wilma, why don't suggest, you? Yeah. Can
0: I actually suggest that I'd actually like to hear from Alexa first, do you mind?
1: Well, what I was going to propose, Wilma, is that you introduce, you take the center stage, and you do the introductions from here on in. And uh, and uh, you may have a way to introduce your guests, because uh, I, uh, you um, invited Alexa, and I'm thrilled you did. And it's a wonderful thing to, to have uh, such an important Canadian um, with us. So why, why don't you uh, trade seats with Tony, and uh, give us a feel for who's in the room here. I would suggest that, uh, that everybody, we should see everybody who's in the room on the camera. In other words, I think, no, I, I know there's a professor with a white beard who's, who, who, who you. moved but that's why I sit back this way. So why don't you just take some oh. Hold
0: on. Here we
1: are. Yeah, so, so if you could uh, take over in terms of the introductions. Um, and certainly, we'll want Alexa to trade seats with Tony there. Um, and, uh, um, but if you could introduce us to who's in the room and uh, help us to get acclimatized to what, what you've put together. And then introduce who you think is appropriate.
0: Certainly. Um, j- just so, uh, in terms of just even introducing myself, just so that um, all of you in the other places know that my background uh, is actually as a sociologist, um, but the last few years I've actually been teaching a lot of criminology, um, just because that's a, a very popular program here at St. Mary's. Um, so. And, and then I'm also, uh, uh, I guess, an activist on various issues. Um, in terms of many of the issues that Tony was raising, uh, Canada-U.S. relations is, a, is a, an issue dear to my heart, and so Tony raised a lot of issues, and this past election has raised a lot of issues and questions. Um, just to, to Jim, would you like to introduce yourself?
3: Uh, yeah, sure. I, I, did, I was coming simply as an observer. I was not here to participate. I, I didn't know what the I wasn't in touch with Wilma about this, so we just met tonight for the first time. And uh, we're looking at other possible video conferencing, so I was curious about how the process was going to work. So I didn't come to uh, make comments about the election or uh, to participate directly in the the process. Are you Um, at uh, uh, at Dalhousie
1: or St. Mary's, or what what institution are you affiliated with, sir?
3: Oh, St. Mary's University.
1: Yes, great. And who's that, who's that behind you, Wilma?
0: Um, ja- Janice Ainsworth? Ashworth. Uh, Ashworth, Ashworth. And that's somebody who I guess uh, I've been in touch with just briefly over email to do with the new university project. She had hoped to attend the last meeting in Montreal, but wasn't able to get to it. And so I, I'm not sure if you'd like to say a few words of why you're interested. Um, I'm Dallas, a
3: Dalhousie University student. I study international development and environmental science. Um, just came for interest sake because the election is something that we've been talking about a bit, I'd like, or quite a bit in class, and I'd like to
0: uh,
2: learn what other people have
0: on their mind. April? Okay. Hey, Do you want oh, to say well. Yours? Oh, well, um, I'm a graduate from Mount St. Vincent in Peace and Conflict, and I'm just here to observe. Yeah, all <laughs> oh, okay, great. And Alexa?
1: No. Yeah. Now, can I, now uh, there's much going on here. Uh, for instance, uh, I've seen this this course. Now it's on video iPod. So if you can imagine watching what's going on on a two inch by three inch screen, uh, that's one of the things I've got in mind. So for instance, framing, like Mohammed hasn't been properly framed, Lisa hasn't been properly framed. Uh, uh, it's important that we you know use the technology as best we can I don't know if there's technicians in the room who, who can uh, just drop the camera down and put the main figure uh, you know squarely in the middle of the picture and not have a great span of white uh, board um, uh, yeah there okay are you can you hear me Mohammed Do, dr. El Nastri? is there yes. some, can somebody frame you a little more tightly and a little more in the center? or?
3: Yes, I think uh, Hazel.
1: Yeah. So and now, Tony, can you change places with uh, Alexa McDonough? So we've got Alexa McDonough clearly in the foreground.
3: let you know. over here. Yeah, so
1: can you see yourselves? Can you uh, have you? Yeah. So I don't know. If, uh, I, I don't know. Wilma, if you want to say more uh, about the introduction, if you want to go into more detail, because uh, I'm sure Alexa McDonough's CV is uh, pages and pages long, or, um, or, if, uh, or if we'll take the approach that here is a, a, a Canadian that really does need no introduction for the vast majority of us.
2: Well, Tony, maybe I can pick up there. Um, I, I don't think anyone needs or wants a, a CV about myself. Um, I feel a bit in the same uh, position as Jim Morrison that I simply heard about what was happening here tonight and was really quite interested from three points of view. Uh, The the concept of uh, a new university which is uh, taking advantage of new technology and also I think recognizing that access to post-secondary education is just an enormous problem for huge numbers of people today. For all the reasons that everybody in this room understands, uh, suggests to me that we need to be exploring uh, various models and and variations on on what's now being done that's uh, partially successful and partly a disaster. Uh, So I I came along because I was interested in what little bit I had seen about that. Secondly, uh, what people are thinking today about the outcome of the election is of course of considerable interest to me. Uh, I'm entering my 26th year in elected office, but only a half of that, or less than half of that, has been spent um, in the federal arena. And in the last three years, uh, having stepped down as leader, I've been the foreign affairs critic, the peace advocate, uh, the um, international cooperation critic, and the post-secondary education critic. So again, what you're here to talk about tonight is of interest to me. I came actually expecting that there was going to be uh, both a wide-ranging and probably freewheeling debate uh, among various people on the outcome of the election and how it looks from here, uh, not expecting to be a direct participant in it because I'm far from being a really objective observer of events, although I'm enormously interested in knowing what people think. I, I would just very briefly comment on a couple of things, picking up on where Tony left off, and then I think you take it from here. Um, I think it's just very, very early to have any idea what's really going to happen. I, I agree essentially, a lot of things Tony and I don't agree on, but I agree essentially that uh, what this election was about in, uh, in the main was a, an enormous attempt to restore uh, Canada to a kind of safe two-party system where uh, there's a changing of the guard from time to time, but not a changing of much else. And, uh, and and it, it was looking as though there might, that might achieve some measure of success uh, until the very latter part of the election. Um, I don't know anybody who's very uh, happy about the outcome, but I would say from the perspective of the New Democratic Party, uh, considering what a, a train wreck this election could have been, and when I see a train wreck, I guess I would uh, consider a majority liberal government or a majority conservative government uh, to be a, a very, very worrisome and uh, potentially disastrous outcome. Uh, the outcome, in fact, uh, has has been much more diverse, and I think there are some reasons to think that uh, it's a it's a parliament that, uh, because of the uh, fact that nobody quite got what they wanted from the point of view of the four parties elected, uh, that actually this reflects a variety of perspectives in Canadian society that that did get uh, actually registered in how the votes came out. Having said that, I'm in total agreement with the point already made about how important it is that we move to a proportional representation system uh, because, of course, we still don't have a situation where how a great many people actually vote ends up being reflected in the voices they hear or the representation they receive, and that uh, it remains very problematic because as long as uh, disproportionate power uh, is uh, is held and hoarded uh, by those who benefit most from it, they're not going to be the ones to be willing to uh, move forward with proportionate representation or major electoral reform. Having said that, um, I think that uh, it's probably a good thing. Uh, And, of course, we all have our particular objectives, our particular perspectives on this, that uh, no party has a majority. Um, In a very partisan manner, uh, I'm sure it won't surprise you for me to say that uh, an increase of 11 seats in the uh, New Democratic Party has the potential for a very much more significant uh, progressive activist element uh, and a strong um, pro-Canadian element that is going to be extremely important as we deal with all of those forces and pressures for deeper integration with the U.S. Um, as a, a fervently um, devout federalist and a believer that we can come up with a different configuration in Canada that can in fact satisfy uh, many of Quebec's longstanding grievances. I personally am not unhappy uh, that Quebec, uh, that uh, the outcome of the election in Quebec did not result in a, a much, much bigger vote uh, for the Bloc Québécois. Others I'm sure will see that differently. But I think we have the potential in this parliament for a good deal of pressure from Canadians to be brought to bear uh, for there to be uh, some actual attempt uh, to make this parliament work for uh, the, the, the ordinary people of this country and stand against the corporate pressures that would have been enormous had there been a majority Tory or Liberal government. Uh, But I think the the events, uh, again, I I think I agree with Tony that in one fell swoop, in less than 48 hours, much of the so-called moral high ground on which uh, the Harper government got itself elected was blown to smithereens because of the uh, uh, actions in, in thumbing. You'd have to say Harper and the Conservatives absolutely thumbing their noses at the electorate in uh, in the riding of Vancouver Kingsway uh, for a party that says grassroots democracy and what constituents want and choose an election is what should be the all-important thing uh, in a riding where less than 18 or I think 18 percent of the electorate voted conservative and a large part of the liberal gain by David Emerson was a result of demonization of Harper persuading people in that riding that they had to vote liberal uh, in order to uh, completely uh, prevent the disaster that would incur if there was a Conservative government in Canada. It is just laughable to see now the rationalizations for, uh, uh, by Harper for Emerson's uh, defection to the Conservatives. Similarly, for a party that talks about an elected Senate being the only legitimate Senate, et cetera, et cetera, um, to have uh, reached out and grabbed uh, put in the Senate and then into Cabinet, somebody who was one of the closest political cronies of the, uh, of Harper and the Conservative Party is just truly laughable. So it's, uh, it's hard to say where much of this is going to go. If you focus on what they have outlined as the five major priorities, uh, it's clear that there are going to be some very, very major battles. Uh, And the one that is most on the front burner at the moment, I think, is the childcare issue. Because you have uh, the majority of Canadians having voted for parties that all strongly put forward platforms for a not-for-profit universal uh, childcare program, long promised, long overdue. And uh, Harper has basically dared the three parties uh, to reject the Conservative. watered down the antithesis of a national childcare program, uh, basically a, a small subsidy to families, regardless of their need and their income, uh, to uh, to try to keep women in the home. I think that's the, the main thrust of their program, uh, which just doesn't bear any relationship to the real world. Uh, having said that, it is, it is a major, major uh, challenge that is going to be presented in Parliament, that since that will be Uh, tied in with the budget, I don't know that there's a single Canadian that has an appetite for an election to be called in a couple of months, but it would appear to be Harper's intention to try to drive that through in a budget, and uh, three opposition parties absolutely Uh, will have to figure out how they're going to deal with the possibility that voting against it will in fact bring on another government. I'm going to stop there because I talked longer than I intended. Uh, Those are some rambling thoughts, but I'm most interested in hearing what other people. Less directly connected to the electoral process. Think about uh, what what this all means for Canada, particularly in the context of our global uh, responsibilities and our global contacts.
1: Yeah. So, so just stay put. Uh, it's quite a quite a good shot right there. Wilma is obviously uh, trying to get in uh, with a comment. I've got a comment. I, uh, remind us that this is a, a class called Globalization Since 1492. So we want to look at, we want to talk geopolitics here. We want to talk about Canada in the world. Uh, Wilma, you were, um, you were trying to get in there.
0: Yeah, I guess um, what I, this idea, the the, the uh, concept of the pol- politics of annexation that Tony Seed brought up. I really like that expression. Um, I, I, when I think about the conservative government, the conservative party, um, I guess I don't, I, I really think it's pretty clear that they, if they are seeking to, di- to divest further um, federal powers to the provinces, um, like, we can, we can look, look at what I think is a legitimate scenario. I mean, may, maybe, maybe may, many people will disagree with this, but my role on, on this planet is to challenge people. Out there that perhaps sound off base, but I think are actually quite. We really need to think about this. I don't believe that Harper and his party actually really does value Canada. They would be happy to see um, us be become essentially annexed by the U.S. I'm not. I don't think the U.S. really would want to take on a lot of have-not quote-unquote provinces. But um, they would love to have our resources and everything that's happening in terms of what the Liberal government has started, in terms of the standard, standardization of our security policies, of our trade, of our immigration, everything is leading towards we becoming like the U.S. Um, and, and that really does disturb me because I really do think there are fundamental value differences between our two countries. And I do not want with these, I've actually been out of the loop in the last few days in terms of these election, uh, government developments, and so I've been quite enlightened just in the last few minutes and quite shocked, and, and I get concerned about the future of, of Canada. But if there's talk, if Harper is talking about that, yes, we need to go out in the world and uh, assist other countries in, in taking, taking on these quote-unquote shared higher values, how 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 arrogant of us to think that 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 we have the right way to do things and and the only way the best way etc. Um, that that is completely uh, yeah I, th- I think so, so, so arrogant of Canadians to think that we have the best system. Um, so that it concerns me and that ties into that it's like oh we're we're going to partake in the U.S. and tag along wherever they go and wreak their empire building and empire destruction on other parts of the world. So. I guess bringing it back to some globalization issues, and I, I'm also curious to get a, a feeling from those of you in Alberta that when I did the day after the election, go onto the CBC website and look at a map of Canada and which seats had been won by each political party. I mean, Alberta's all Tory, and I'm, I'm not. I'm certainly hope that a lot of you students there are not Tories, but I guess if you are, fair enough. We can agree to disagree. <laughs> um, but um, I guess I would like to think that perhaps Tony is trying to give you some information that that will lead you to question what what you want for Canada, in a sense. So, and you know, bringing in the Maritimes here, uh, the Maritimes went liberal, essentially, stayed liberal, generally speaking. Again, I think there's rural, urban divisions that are important there, but it it is interesting if you think of the history of the Maritimes, and I've just been here for a few years myself, uh, but I have lived in other parts of Canada. Um, So I I think that's quite interesting, and then again, media framing it as that, oh, those bloody Maritimers, they're living in the backwater. And in, in a certain way, I do think they are, but that's another story.